0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So there's a lot of thought that seems to exist around UGA that you hear a lot right now that I'm honestly not quite so sure how correct it actually is. And here's the way that it sort of goes. Uh, well, you know, Georgia won the national championship last year, but they lost so much off last year's team that any chance they have to come back and do that for the upcoming season is essentially just wishful thinking. It's essentially just a pipe dream that Georgia really can't do that because of how much it lost off last year's team. And I'm here to tell you that I don't quite know that that common opinion is necessarily quite as correct as it might seem. Now, this is not the same thing as me saying, Uh, George is going to come back and and, and win the national championship this year. I'm not quite ready to make my end of season prediction as of yet, but I will tell you, I'm comfortable telling you right now, that I think that George is a much more viable contender for the title, and the need to replace departed stars off last year's team is much less a potential stumbling block than some realize that it is. I think part of the reason why this idea is kind of held up around Georgia right now, why this is kind of the thing that sort of exists around this program is... Related to the fact that George was a little bit of a party crasher last year, you know, for a long time, national championships had really belonged to Alabama. Clemson won themselves a couple. The 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 small number of teams that won a national championship, the national reputation for UGA was the kind of team that got close but didn't get over the hump. Whether that's over the course of forty years, over the course of just the time since Kirby Smart's been here since twenty sixteen, that Georgia was sort of the also ran in this discussion. That that a, that a team like Alabama was going to win it, and a team like Georgia was going to come close to winning but not quite getting it done and when georgia confounded that expectation a year ago and won the national championship i think in some respects the the places where common opinion is expressed i think it takes them a little while to catch up on some of that so some of what georgia is dealing with in the aftermath of having won the national championship when folks are making their projections for georgia for the upcoming season some of this is just related to i'm not quite so sure a huge pocket of the media was necessarily ready for georgia to break through and win the thing a year ago i think there were a lot of folks who were bracing for georgia to you know disappoint itself once again and when that didn't happen i think some of the people who had been expressing an opinion about uga for quite some time i think they just got a little confused about that and so we're seeing folks working to to catch up right now but that's just an opinion that's just you know kind of you know, a potential read on the situation. How about some facts and figures related to this? Now, I've told you before that I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with some of the fancy stats that seem to exist out there in college football. used to talk about some of this a good bit. Don't really talk about some of this quite as much as we used to. I don't know how conversational a lot of this kind of stuff always is, but there are some stats that are a little easier to understand than others. There's a guy named Bill Conley who has worked, you know, other places before, works for ESPN now. One of the things that Conley talks about is his stat called return returning production measured as a percentage. In other words, if you want to go back, like say, 15, 20 years ago, when you wanted to know what a team brought back in this given year compared to what it had a year ago, the thing that got discussed is how many returning starters do you have? And that has become a little bit more difficult to do now because teams like Georgia, for instance, rotate so much. Georgia plays a lot of different receivers. They may play, you know, three guys more so than the others. But Georgia rotates the receiver position a pretty good bit. Georgia played four different running backs with regularity a year ago. Georgia probably played a total of about 30 guys defensively, a significant number of snaps snaps. Uh, you're in nickel coverage sometimes, sometimes you're not, you know, you have different groupings on the field at at different times. Sometimes Georgia has two tight ends on the field. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it may have three tight ends on the field this year. So, you know, the notion of what a returning starter is in 2022 is a little bit of a loaded question because of how much teams are just kind of rotating personnel, changing their groupings and and things like that. So so smart people have said maybe a better way to measure what you bring back for for from one year to to the next isn't so much the guys who were starters because let's face it, the guy may be playing a lot without ever actually starting a game, being on the game for the first snap. But when you look at your overall stats, your your receiving yards, your rushing yards, your passing yards, your total tackles, your sacks, your passes broken up, when you look at those stats from the previous year, what percentage of those stats return for the upcoming year? That's become a better way in the eyes of a lot of smart people in terms of measuring your returning production for the upcoming year. And yesterday, uh, Bill Conley on Twitter kind of i guess is sort of like put the finishing touches on his tabulations he shared this stuff before early in the offseason but re-shared it again yesterday and it was a reminder to me of the fact that when it comes to george and kind of where it stands and all this it's actually probably in a little bit better shape than, than you might realize when it comes to its returning production. Now, admittedly, it's not one of the most uh, experienced teams in the country coming back for the upcoming season, but it's also not the, the least either. It's, it's 79th in the country right now in terms of returning production for the upcoming season, Bring back 61% of its stats from a year ago. If you're curious here, that puts Georgia ahead of Florida, which brings back 59%. Georgia's one spot ahead of Texas A&M which brings back 60% of its returning production. But it's also only a few percentage points behind Alabama. Like, Bama is 50th on this list. Georgia is, I said, 79th. When you look at the ranking spots, that seems like a pretty big difference between what Alabama brings back, what Georgia brings back. When you look at the overall percentage of those stats, it's actually not quite as as different. For Bama, it's 67%. For Georgia, it's 61%. You're talking about the difference in six percentage points there on that. Clearly an edge for Alabama, but not not what I would describe as necessarily an overwhelming edge for Alabama. It is worth pointing out that one of the teams that Georgia's competing with for the national championship this year is Ohio State. They bring back 73% of their returning production from a year ago. That's a remarkably high figure for a program that's as talented as ohio state is and so i would say there is a big difference between like say the buckeyes and georgia but the overall difference between alabama uh, and its returning production georgia and its returning production we're talking about the difference of a few percentage points in terms of the yards gain on offense the the production you know sort of allowed there on defense we're talking about a small difference when it comes to a few percentage points there on that. Now, the perception of Alabama is so much greater because, you know, Alabama brings back starting quarterback Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner a year ago. Will Anderson Jr., the kind of player on defense that some folks think he's even better than Bryce Young. There are plenty of people that would say that uh, Anderson's the best player in the entire country. So the perception of what Alabama brings back is obviously so much higher because they have these high-end names. Anderson, commonly perceived to be the best defensive guy. Bryce Young, commonly perceived to be the best offensive guy. And so that perception certainly aids Alabama. But the actual numbers underneath that don't suggest an overwhelming advantage for Alabama compared to Georgia when it comes to returning production that Georgia actually still brings back, you know, not quite middle of the pack in college football, but also not the worst in the country in terms of returning production from last year. And all of this kind of leads to something for me that Kirby Smart talked about when he was on the Feinbaum show earlier, I think it was back in the spring, you know, kind of during the off season. Smart used, I think, a pretty good phrase in this. Now, this clip is a little longer than uh, typically we sometimes play. It's a little bit, of, it's about a minute or so long. Uh, but Smart kind of gets into the idea of, off the the heels of winning a national championship a lot of folks didn't think georgia could do it last year they did and on the heels of that some folks now think georgia kind of kind of regressed back to kind of what it was before sort of a second place you know just outside the uh the title picture program that they're going to kind of float back to the pack here a little bit but kirby smart told uh, paul feinbaum back during the spring that he does not want to see Georgia be what he calls, and I love this phrase here, a one-hit wonder. This isn't one and done for UGA. That Kirby believes that Georgia can have some staying power when it comes to the national conversation, and in light of some folks who seem to think, ah, nah just too many guys gone five first round picks off defense 15 draft picks overall uh, a lot of big name you know major contributors to last year's national championship uh, Kirby Smart says don't be so quick to assume that that we're ready to seed our stage our perch at the top of college football I love what he said to Feinbaum about this early in the spring here's a reminder from Kirby
1: There's a lot of- I mean, you know, a lot of that will go into the Oregon game. A lot of it will go into how we play next year. But um, we, we, we're a program that is built to sustain. We weren't built on one-hit wonders. We weren't built on, you know, one guy, one player. Our program's not going to be made or break by one player. So we think we've got really good infrastructure. Uh, we've got a great thing to sell a great education. playing a great conference. I mean, look at our state. We had 30 players drafted from our state, which is incredible, from the state of Georgia for the number of people in it. So there's a great product being put out there by our high schools and we get the blessing of that being the State University. What Georgia did last year, we really haven't seen that in this era of high-flying offenses. I know that's what you've been trying to build on day one. Do you think we are, we, we, others will try to, and by the way, it's impossible to replicate that, but how, how is that fitting into where we are right now in college football? I think it's who we were that year. We'll be a different team this year. You know, we don't have five first-round defensive players coming back. It's, it's not going to be the case. I don't think it's going to be replicated very often. I'd I still think the, it's an era of throwing the ball. It's an era of scoring points, and we're going to have to do a better job of that, continue to do it, and we, we want to play defense better than everybody else. What that number looks like, I don't know. We just want to be number one in the country. We want to be good at it, but we want to score points, and to do that, you got to have skilled players that can make plays, and we think we're in a good position to do that.
0: See, I think that's a really good point. This kind of gets to the heart of what I think a lot of people assume about Georgia is, uh, well, Georgia was led by its defense a year ago, and so much of what Georgia doesn't have this year in 2022 was pivotal to the defensive success that Georgia enjoyed last year. Now, we believe with guys like Keely Ringo and and, and Jalen Carter commonly mentioned as, you know, first round top 10 level picks in next year's draft the george defense actually probably still gonna be fine this year but it may not quite be what it was last season but a smart says hey You know, the success that Georgia enjoyed was never built on any one guy, not a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback or some sort of superstar wide receiver or even a defensive guy that had like 100 sacks like this just was not that kind of team for for, uh, Georgia a year ago. And so for a defense that might find itself breaking in some new faces and key areas, key places for this upcoming season to be able to lean on the offense a little bit more. Well, that may be part of the recipe for UGA this year all the more reason why it's good to have a starting quarterback coming back. It's good to have your leading receiver returning in the person of Brock Bowers. It's good to have a bedrock right tackle like Warren McClendon coming back. Experience at center like Cedric Von Prahn-Granger coming back. A guy in Broderick Jones who's not a long-term starter for Georgia, but certainly gained valuable experience on the biggest stage possible in the national championship game a year ago. That's the, that's the Those are the names and the faces that make up the returning production that Bill Conley mentioned there for UGA. Certainly Georgia is not among the most experienced teams coming back for the upcoming year but the best teams in the country rarely are because of how much talent cycles through them year after year after year but there may be more coming back for georgia this year than plenty folks realize and for a lot of people who think it's just simple and easy to say well georgia doesn't have five first round picks on defense therefore the georgia we saw last year can't be replicated here in 2022 the honest truth is college football has never been as easy to predict as some folks kind of think. And for a lot of people who think that George is going to take a step back and cede the stage to other programs to compete for this year's national championship, they may find out just how wrong they are as soon as the fall begins. <music> My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented by Meriwether and Tharp, and we are glad to have you with us today. No matter how you get to us—live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, 9:45, First and Fifteen. Before that, DogNation.com, the Dog Nation app, of course, radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960. The ref, a podcast wherever you find them—Apple, Spotify, everything else. Just really happy to have you here as a part of the program today. Whichever platform works for you, we're just glad that you are a part of it, and we are so thankful to our friends at Merriweather and Tharp for being a part of what we're doing here today. In fact, I think coming up pretty soon, we'll have a good chance to have a little lunch with Bob Tharp, something I always enjoy being able to do to find out how things are going with his family and how things are going there with the uh, offices and all the great folks that he's got working for him. Always a great chance to Uh, catch in and uh, check up with uh, some of the folks that uh, we're happy to be partnering with Meriwether and Tharp. Certainly a big part of all that there as well. And I think you'll enjoy your conversation with our friends at Meriwether and Tharp too, even though the topic you might be discussing is obviously not an enjoyable one. You'll just be glad to have Meriwether and Tharp in your life because This is a company that's sort of built on the idea of generosity and giving, and no better time to sort of step up with generosity in somebody's life than when they're going through a challenging situation like divorce. You yourself may be finding yourself in that scenario right now. All the more reason to acquaint yourself with what Meriwether & Tharp can do for you free resources like blog posts and podcasts, uh, an initial phone conversation with one of their attorneys. This is a way for you to educate yourself about what the divorce process is all about, how it specifically might impact you and your situation, finances, children, all those things that are weighty, weighty issues connected to divorce. Well, Meriwether and Thorpe can help walk you through that. And as I tell you all the time, and I mean this as sincerely as I'm capable of, set you up for happiness, you know, and a next season of life that's going to feel very successful, very enjoyable. The steps you take now can ensure that be true. And most important step of all on that is to reach out to my friends at Merryweather and Tharp, your source for George divorce. You can find them online, the Atlanta divorce team dot com. That is the Atlanta divorce dot com. And uh, they'll get you in touch uh, and get you set up the way you need to go. Our friends at Merryweather and Tharp. All right. It's Terrence Edwards here coming up in a little bit. Terrence has been kind of in the news and we even talked about him on the show the other day related to some of the stuff he had to say about Dylan Bell so we will talk about that here coming up in just a little bit before that though I do want to go around the doghouse just briefly I love this time of year because you get a chance to see some uncommon fellowship and I've told you before that to me there is something like really really attractive about being on a team like I remember when I look back on my own youth like you know being in high school things like that probably the thing i missed the most about being younger was just being on a team it's like and we have a team here at dog nation and that's kind of cool and some of you probably have a little bit of a team environment where you work there as well and that kind of feel good but it's not like we all wear the same uniform around here and it's not like we have a coach you know it's, it's like being on a true actual team for those of you coach in high school you can speak about this for those of you that coach youth sports you're of have an understanding about this for those of you who are you still young enough to be a player somewhere you sort of understand this there's just something kind of special about being a team. When I look at the, you know, the guys who are coaching in Georgia, playing in Georgia, it's the stuff they get to do, kind of like behind the scenes and the connection they make with each other. You know, last year's national championship team saw talked so openly about the way in which they bonded together the way in which they got to know each other being such an important part of what allowed them to have great success and this is the time of the year where those bonds are formed especially for new players and uh and you know you know guys who may be you know growing into a bigger role with the program you know getting closer to your coaching staff getting closer to your teammates just an important thing to do and sometimes these georgia coaches will sort of share some of that on social media i saw some great stuff from uh will muschamp I said, for instance, who had the entire defensive back group uh there with him at his house recently and you look at this he says will muschamp on twitter says we missed your fran brown fran wasn't able to be there uh but a great time at the house he says hashtag db dogs and you see the entire group there it's always kind of nice to see who sort of stands out from the crowd for instance i see keeler ringo looking really good right there and uh christopher smith right there in the middle uh, he's obviously looking pretty good there too that's a key leader george is going to be leaning on here for the upcoming season everybody's seemingly having a lot of fun and i think we have another photo from muschamp here kind of an overhead look of the muschamp compound now listen i hate to get into somebody's business here but how nice does this backyard look from Champ here you got the uh, swimming pool on one side you got the half court basketball court on the other here uh you want to talk about a guy who's living a great life right now back in athens not having to deal with the pressure being a head coach anymore just kind of relaxed and i don't know man uh, here's what i'll tell you when it comes to luxuries to be able to have like the, the half court basketball court like that in your backyard and I realize if you're listening to radio podcast you can't see this right now but that's you know a very nice well manicured backyard with the pool and kind of the basketball court over there as somebody who has like one of those like you know uh, basketball goals you have to put the sand in so it doesn't tip over we have a very uneven driveway at my house what the 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 basketball you know if it goes past the goal it drops off a cliff into the woods in my house like to think that you could have the nice very level very even uh backyard basketball goal going on and getting a chance to see those uh, georgia players enjoying that that's a great thing to see stacy searles also had some of the uh, georgia guys there it is out there as well good to see that there too uh he says they were enjoying some food some fun and some fellowship with the great wall of georgia go dogs uh, a good thing to see for uh Stacey Searles there too. My guess is if your Searles hosting the offensive lineman, by the way, nice collection of uh, look at all those like pickup trucks in the background, things like that. That's also exactly what you'd expect to see from the Georgia offensive lineman. But my guess is if your Searles hosting the offensive lineman, as he says, food fun fellowship, the food you serve, probably a little bit a little bit more important in a discussion like that than maybe it is for the defensive back side of things there. But I always enjoy it this time of year when you see those coaches bringing those players in, everybody having a good time, everybody enjoying themselves, and obviously taking a little bit more time to appreciate the summer before the grind of the season truly gets here. So good to see that with some George folks here over the course of the uh, last couple of days. We'll make that around the doghouse here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Mary Weather and Tharpe. A guy who knows what it's like to be on both sides of that equation. The player getting to know his coach, the coach also working to – uh, help make his players comfortable that's terrence edwards he's been on both sides of that A lot to talk to him about today so what do you say we do it right now it is dog nation daily presented by merryweather and tharp happy to have the great former dog with us right now And across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. We're we'll bringing Terrence Edwards right now, great coach currently, great player in his time there at UGA, and a guy, as we said before, who understands all facets of the program here. And Terrence, before you join us, we were just showing some of these photos of Stacy Searles and uh, Will Muschamp getting, you know, players around them. And my guess is, while I'm not really a former player or a former football coach, I, I do sort of understand why stuff like this is probably pretty important when you get into the grind of like the summer camp practices it's really hot and You're competing alongside your teammates. Everybody's fighting for a scarce resource like playing time. You know, I've been to enough NFL training camps to see the pushing and shoving and stuff that goes on there. And, you know, guys just get a little, you know, short-tempered when they're out there playing football in the heat of summer for the upcoming season. So creating those bonds before you get there, getting to know each other, having a little fun, knowing each other as people more so than just players and coaches. seems like that kind of stuff's pretty important. And I'm guessing as a coach and former player yourself, you'd be the first one to say that.
2: Oh, most definitely! It's a time that the coaches can get to the players on a different level, and what I mean by that is the players always see the coach as a rah rah, where coaching mentality, where you get to a, a relaxed setting at one coach's house or some form of bonding activity. You get to see a different side of the, the coach than him being in coaching mode twenty four seven. Now he could be just that guy that we can sit back and have fun with and talk to him. He's not the coach at this point in time he's a big brother a friend however you relationship you have with that coach uh just a a time that is needed because uh you don't always want to be in coach mode with the players that you bring into your program
0: yeah that's exactly right and as I mentioned a moment ago I'm also kind of reminded of what you know like John Fitzpatrick has talked about this you know other folks you know have said this that you know last year one of the things that guys who were in that locker room have said laid the groundwork for winning a national championship where those and they call them skull sessions you know around the the spring of 2021 spending more time in conversations kirby's described as hey what's your why you know why is it you play football and allowing players to understand more about the guys around them about what about football is important to them that that level of deeper knowledge about their teammates allowed everybody to go out there, as as other players on this team have said, and perform better last season. And maybe this was more of a need because of how weird 2020 was when they weren't spending a lot of time around teammates and the pandemic prevented that from taking place. But that's another reason why this kind of stuff seems to be important is the players themselves have pointed to a deeper bond and connection they had last year as being one of the things that led to a national championship.
2: Oh, I think so. There's a thing that Coach Rick used to do with us. It was called the hot seat where someone just get up in the hot seat and you just learn about your teammates because you have uh, 85 scholarship players and you have plus uh, the walk-on, so normally around 100, 120, and and there's clicks within a program. Everyone hangs with the people that they're closest to, and you really don't get to know your other teammates on a level outside of uh, football. So this opportunity that you can bond and understand uh, the player because there's a lot of things that go go on on these kids' lives that teammates don't know about. When you can open up and understand your teammate and uh, understand the reason why some things may be happening, you have a deeper understanding of that player. And that, that love and respect can go much deeper once you really understand said player. So these times, is, bonding times, is I think what won us and Ness and Simpson last year, the leadership, yeah. the tightness of this team, I think uh, – more than the talent it was the tightness and the bond of this team that that won us a national championship
0: there's one aspect of being a player that i'm not quite so sure i have a good picture of what it must feel like because we are in a day and age now where like a lot of different receivers can get production right georgia rotates there a lot there's enough glory to go around running back kind of the same way where georgia's pretty effectively played multiple running backs there's certainly a lot of different guys playing on defense but there's never enough to go around. You know, somebody else getting a touch is a touch you're not getting. You know, somebody else getting a chance to be on the field is an opportunity where maybe you're not getting that. So while on the one hand you're competing against the other team and you're trying to beat them, on the other hand, there is an element of football that is about competing with your teammates to be the guy the coaches trust, to to go out there and and, and be in the game when the game is on the line. Like, how do you think players balance that, especially as we kind of move through the summer where – a lot of guys are jockeying for position. We don't like saying that out loud, but it, it's it's the case. There are guys right now who are trying to put themselves ahead of somebody else in this position group. But at the same time, you've got to also, you know, st- still value that guy as a teammate and be ready to go out there and work together when the game's on the line. As a player, how do you strike that balance between competing with your guys and your and your other, you know, teammates to to be on the field, but also still kind of rooting for them there as well?
2: It's, it, it's- Definitely a slippery slope, and the best players understand that while we're on this field, I'm competing. Uh, Kirby and companies recruiting guys every year to come take your spot, and you got to understand that uh, competition brings out the best in everyone. Um, so once you know you enter the line, it's all about competition, all about making your your partner better, your teammates better. But once you leave that line and go into the locker room, it's it's one thing You got to have the mindset of. We leave it on the field once we get into this locker room. We are a brother. We're a brotherhood. Uh, we're all for one. We're Georgia Bulldogs. But once you're competing, trying to earn your playing time, I mean, everyone should go out there and put their best foot forward and try to take a spot if, if need be. Uh, that's the mentality. That competition will bring the best out of everyone. everyone. Uh, but players really have to understand, once you leave the field of play, everything has to stay on the field of play and, and you root for your brother Um uh, in that locker room in the classroom socially uh, you just gotta have his
0: back but once you're on that field it's all competition it's free game in a respectful way yeah I think that's really interesting uh, something else that was interesting for us this week was uh, a statement that you made on social media that's gotten a lot of attention we've talked about it in our show other folks have kind of talked about it there as well Uh, That you have seen a lot that you like in freshman signee and uh, incoming freshman this program, Dylan Bell. And obviously, this opinion carries a lot of weight because, you know, you talked about, you know, guys like uh, A.D. Mitchell and Lam McConkie a year ago. And, you know, they went on to have really good success. And I told you, uh, even better success than I thought they were going to have. I was very pleasantly surprised. In both those guys a year ago, and you see some things you like in Dylan Bell right now. Let me just start with this, you know, Terrence. What is it specifically about Bell that got your attention? And when you're looking at these guys, kind of what are you looking for?
2: uh the very first thing that you'll notice if you if you meet the young man is, is his sheer size. Uh, legit six legit 214 pounds. He, he's built like a running back, and I didn't know who he was, never met the young man, but I was talking to Mike Bobo and uh saw him I'm like, Who is that? He said, like, That's Dylan Bell, and I got to watch him work out a little bit. And he's a natural receiver, but built like a running back. So there's a lot of things that you could do with him offensively, um, that could take advantage of that skill set and he catches the ball so naturally and he plucks it out there. So, um what his role is gonna be this year, that I don't know, but I do know Dog Nation um we need to be very excited about another guy that's not a five star, that's not didn't have the, the all the big offers, but he's a player that I'm excited about. See how his development and I'm I'm really excited to see how B Mac develops him knowing he's uh developed guys like Debo Samuels and, and Braylon Edwards and I'm really excited to see what B. McEncombsy could do with this kid, because I think he he has a bright future.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. What you're saying about Dylan Bell kind of reminds me a little bit of something we talked about last week about Karis Jackson, who, you know, is also that guy that sort of brings that sort of running back style look to him. Like if you see Karis without pads on, just sort of walking around, that's a that's a that's a more rocked up, a little bit beefier dude than sometimes you expect to see from the wide receiver position. And my assumption is my gosh, if you're trying to do battle with him out there, that little bit of extra strength, that little bit of extra muscle makes him a load to deal with. You know, you want different kinds of wide receivers, right? You don't want everybody to be, you know, speedsters because if that be the case then you're not very physical or you don't you don't want everybody to be, you know, the big long, you know, slower type guys cuz you don't quite have that speed. You do want that you know, sort of additional element in that room. And some of that really is strength. I think Kiaris Jackson's used that well in his Georgia career thus far. I think he's going to probably use that here this year. And it sounds like what I'm hearing you describe is a guy that's a little bit cut from the Kiaris Jackson mold. Is that fair to say? He
2: is. He definitely is, uh, but a a bigger version. Uh, Kiaris is is built solid. Kiaris was a running back coming in as well and played a little running back at his time at Georgia early on in his career uh but Dylan is you know six two uh Kieris is five eleven five ten five eleven uh Dylan is six two two fifteen and if you see him he he is made like a brick truck and uh but he moves like a wide receiver so he he's not stiff with most guy he's very fluent in his cuts uh he can sink his hip and he catches football um uh, i just think he you know him breaking tackles is probably going to be his biggest accent. We've him the ball, been able to use that body. I mean, if you look at his high school film, he's comfortable running the football because they played him everywhere, quarterback, running back, receiver. So he's comfortable carrying the football And I just think his skill set is going to translate very well.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, certainly a really interesting thing to think about. And, it, you know, early this week, it kind of got us talking a little bit because you have seen, you know, three star receivers break out before. And in, in the case of a McConkie or a Mitchell for Georgia, maybe they even have more on the horizon over this upcoming year. You've seen a, a very big version of that for a guy like, say, Chris Olave at Ohio State, or you want to think about, you know, some of the other you know, Justin Jefferson going back a couple of years ago there at LSU. Terrence, from your perspective, when a guy who wasn't a huge recruit goes on to be a great player, you know, a guy like Justin Jefferson, a guy like Chris Olave, like what is that about? Is that about a coaching staff exploring a skill set that maybe we didn't know the guy had? Is it about the recruiting industry just you – know, and sometimes it's going to be the case – maybe just not realizing how good a guy was, a certain fire that starts burning a little brighter once you get on a college campus? We see examples of less heralded recruits with receiver position breaking out and having great success – what do you think is the engine that drives that when that does take place?
2: There's a lot of factors that goes into it. Uh, if a guy doesn't camp as much. Uh, a lot of these writers and people who rank these kids don't get opportunities to, to see them. I don't, and no shade to anyone, but I don't think a lot of writers trust their eyes. I mean, watch the guy's tape, but they have to see him in person before they give him a personal, or I have to rank this guy at this level. So a lot of times it's, I don't see this guy in shorts and a T-shirt instead of watching his film and evaluating him off his film. A lot of guys' location. Um, I, I know from being from rural middle Georgia, if I'm not from Gwinnett, uh, these people are really not going to see these kids personally. And and it goes back to if this kid's from a rural area doesn't camp, you don't trust your eyes evaluating from his, his talent, from his tape. So there's a lot of factors that goes into it. I mean, if you look at these guys – they tell you, come to camp, come to camp, come to camp. Well, camp doesn't show you anything in shorts and T-shirts. Yes, you can go and see a guy's close and quickness, but once you put those pads on, let's see, can you
0: play or you can't play. No, I think that's really well said. Let me finish with this here today. I feel like I've done a very good job of this off-season, For the most part, keeping a promise that i'd sort of made at the beginning which was hey i'm not going to hype eric gilbert too much i'm not going to get you know too out in front of all this you know your words on that have carried a lot of weight with us of let's be patient let's go slowly here and Terrence, I feel like I've done a pretty good job with that. It's hard not to notice, though. I mean, Gilbert just got an NIL deal recently. Um, obviously, he shows up in a lot of these pre-draft conversations. Certainly, everything that we saw back during the spring would lead you to believe that he has a chance to be a really good player there at UGA. That that we have not really gotten too ahead of ourselves in terms of hyping him up too much. Obviously, he's working his way back into a credit position group, but back on the football field there again. But man. You know, when you see some of the chatter that's been out there as of late, it is easy to let your imagination kind of run wild a little bit of, hey, maybe for a Georgia program that needs all the playmakers that it can get, you know, maybe this guy really is about to be the thing that over the course, I'm talking about the last few years, I thought eventually he would be and at one point hoped he would be doing it in a Georgia uniform. Now he is. As we get close to the season, Terrence, I do find myself getting more uh, excited about uh, Gilbert, and I'm certainly sure you understand why that would be the case.
2: Plus definitely, He's definitely a talented kid. Like, we we can't get around his talent. So it's understandable that you're going to get excited about the kid. Uh, I just saw him recently so I can let everyone know he's doing well. Good. He's doing well. He's continuing to grow uh, as a person um, mentally, physically. Uh, school-wise, he's doing well. Football-wise, he's doing well. He still has continued to learn. Um, the, the playbook the team to grow as, as a player on the field, so they could trust him 100%. But you just can't get around how talented he is, and I and I know you know Brock did you know I think it's the best tight end in college football. But Eric talent Eric talent wise is unmatched, and if he's right uh, in every way in his life, and then he's headed in that right direction, Eric is a problem, and we all can get excited about his talent. Um, but I just never like to put too much on a young man uh, because I know him in person. But it's, he's on the field. I mean, it's, his talent is just undeniable.
0: Boy Terrence that's great stuff a uh, really good evaluation there and great to hear an update on uh, him doing well here right now as we say goodbye to you and we head towards this fourth of July weekend remind folks how they can be a part of some of the great wide receiver training you're doing there with the Terrence Edwards wide receiver academy guys who've been through your program are now doing big things at the college level there's another generation waiting to kind of come behind them to do the same thing so how can folks find more of you online
2: you can find me online at, at Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy on all social media platforms. And with Dead Week coming up next week, there's a lot of opportunities there to go out and continue to improve your craft heading into the season. So if you're looking doing the Dead Week to, to get some training, you can
0: find me on Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, great stuff. Thanks a lot. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, nice to get a good update from uh, Terrence there on Eric Gilbert. We're going to talk more about Gilbert, I believe, on Monday show. Um, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I, I, I do. I, and I think it leads to some interesting questions about how all these tight ends are going to be used. I think that's, you know, a, a topic worth addressing there as well. But, man, you know, very quietly, you know, and, and we've tried not to contribute to this kind of stuff too much because it could be easy to overdo it. Uh, especially for a guy we really haven't seen yet in the fall in a Georgia uniform. But, oh boy, uh, it's fun to think about what uh, what Gilbert might be able to do there. And interesting to hear Terrence Edwards talking to you more about that. By the way, before we kind of roll on here, let me also give you an update. So we are live for the show, obviously, today and then tomorrow to finish out the week. And on the 4th of July, we're going to have a pre-recorded show there that day. So if you're doing fireworks, if you're doing, you know, cookout, if you're doing pool party, you know whatever else you can take dog nation daily with you on that we'll look forward to doing a show with you there on uh monday oftentimes we haven't really had shows on some of these summer holidays we're going to do a pre-recorded show there that day for the 4th of july and then we'll come back after that and just sort of be in season mode for a good while you know heading towards the fall but uh see you monday for an independence day edition of a dog nation deadly presented by meriwether and tharpier now with that said speaking of summertime fun everybody having a great time and one of the best things that you can do to enjoy some fun this summer is to be on your royal caribbean cruise vacation now maybe some of you are on the fence about that and haven't gotten yours booked yet Uh, There's still time to get some sort of sailings booked for yourself here as we head towards 2020, you know, throughout the end of 2022. I told you the day I've got a new cruise booked for 2023. I had another conversation about a different cruise uh, just the other day there as well. So my 2023 cruising plans are well on their way to coming to fruition. And that's an exciting thing for me to uh, think about. And I can't wait to get my kids on the royal caribbean cruise ship and let them see them enjoy some of the great stuff that royal caribbean has available you know some of the ships have like bumper cars you know you got the flow rider opportunity which is um you know the wave simulator you can go to perfect day Coke okay and enjoy the fun there you know there's the thrill side and the chill side there's the ultimate abyss which is like a dry slide that slides like 10 stories from one top of the ship down to the bottom. But so many folks enjoy the Perfect Day Coke, okay? That private island oasis right there in the Bahamas. For me, when I'm making plans for a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation, I'm looking pretty much at itineraries that include Perfect Day Coco okay? And I would encourage you to do the same thing. In fact, if you want to see more about all the options that are available, our friends of the Cruise and Vacation Authority can help you out on that. They've got a website, TC ava.com that's tcava.com you can also give them a call 770-952-8300 that's 770-952-8300 you can check out royal caribbean today with that said let's go cruise around the sec courtesy of uh, royal caribbean here right now and i want to go back to what we're talking about off the top of the show here a little bit which is that obviously georgia does not rank uh among the most Talented returning teams, returning production from a year ago—they're like 79th at just above 60% for the upcoming season. But they're probably not as in bad a shape as maybe some people think they might be for the upcoming year there as well. Can we show the Conley rank on this again? Because I do think there are a couple of things that are worth your attention on this. Uh, First of all, as I mentioned before, it's really unusual to see a team like Ohio State that's among the nation's best to have this much returning production off uh its team from a year ago a lot of these teams just lose a lot of draft stuff year over year ohio state does not they bring back nearly three quarters of the production from a year ago one of the reasons why they're getting so much love right now now we'll see how tough they are defensively that's obviously a big statement to make there but they uh they do bring back quite a bit also of teams of note here near the top i, I noticed mississippi state is 12th bringing back 80 percent of their production from a year ago including quarterback will rogers when you are looking for a game for Georgia that could be tricky now there's a chance that Georgia doesn't play a close regular season game that's at least a possibility Georgia's going to be a heavy point spread favorite in almost all these games but if you're looking for a place where Georgia is in you know maybe a precarious position think about true road games South Carolina maybe but teams like Kentucky Mississippi State more likely that's one of the reasons why uh you know one of the games for Georgia that I would say has even you know, the slightest chance of being a single digit point spread might be at Mississippi State. Georgia goes there in November. Bulldogs bringing back a lot from last year's team. Interesting to note that. Also, another team of note here that's on Georgia's schedule, 17th on the list of returning production of the upcoming season is Tennessee, bringing back 77% of their production from a year ago. And we talked about this on a recent show that when a couple of the Vegas sports books put out their early look ahead lines, for the upcoming season uh one of the point spreads that immediately jumped out to me was tennessee is actually only a fairly narrow underdog against alabama uh they were six and a half now when the line was released it pretty quickly got bet up to double digits you know what whatnot. But there was a little bit of gambling love for Tennessee there, and some of this returning production kind of the reason why. On that, uh, I'll mention a couple others here really quickly. South Carolina brings back 71% of its production from a year ago. That's another road game for Georgia, and keeping with that theme, Kentucky bringing back 68% of its stuff from a year ago, making them semi dangerous there as well. One of the st- you know, off season storylines we kind of follow around the Wildcats is obviously a lot of rushing yards belong to the person of Chris Rodriguez, who for a while seemed like he might be on his way out of the Kentucky program. Now it sort of seems like he's on his way back in. That's one of those things to kind of pay close attention to uh, there, uh, worth your attention. Something else to mention here for a moment is, you know, when we were in the midst of looking at the Arch Manning story potentially coming to UGA. Obviously, one of the things that got you know questioned and wondered about is, and you can take the uh, the uh, Conley chart down now. But when we were looking at that, uh, the one of the questions that came up pretty frequently was, "Ooh, imagine what kind of coattails Manning might have if he comes to Georgia. They imagine the kinds of players that might come to UGA with him." Well, we'll never never quite know exactly how that would have worked out for Georgia. But what we do know is. Is man oh man, that's worked out pretty well for Texas here thus far. Tons of recruiting momentum for the Longhorns on the heels of his commitment. You had John T. Cook, the wide receiver that just committed. You had five star safety Derek Williams. You've had a handful of four star guys, an offensive lineman named Jaden Chapman, uh, another wide receiver named Jonah Wilson that has been quite a run for uh, Texas here in uh, recruiting um uh here as they've added nine commitments uh to the program since arch manning committed they've jumped way up in the recruiting rankings they were 19th now they're up to third uh so arch manning clearly paying a lot of recruiting dividends for the texas longhorns thus far uh worth pointing that out that they have done quite well For themselves in recruiting since adding arch manning into the fold and of course the uh, georgia recruiting momentum despite not getting arch manning that's not exactly slowing down these days either but i guess make a little room for texas in your discussion of the likely producers of elite recruiting classes seems like the longhorns may be on their way to doing that we'll make that cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and before we get ready to sign off here today i just want to give a shout out to an organization that i really love that i think can provide so much for so many of the folks in our audience especially this time of year when you're summertime you've maybe just kind of concluded your high school life or maybe you're the parent of somebody who just sort of concru- uh, concluded their high school career and you're sort of left to wonder well, what's next in all of this let me let you know about my friends at the technical college system of georgia and the great opportunities they have for you that can allow you to really break down a lot the barriers enjoy success and as they say to succeed sooner than maybe you would through a more you know, a, a different kind of uh, post-high school educational uh, plan. So, if you're a single parent, if you're uh, you know somebody that's maybe dealing with a little bit of a dis- disability, or if you're uh, thinking about a non-traditional career field like a like a nurse or a welder or something along those lines, um, you can get the kind of education that you need through the technical college system of, of Georgia. There are lots of special services that might be available for you if you're just looking at a little bit of a non-traditional path here. The technical college system of Georgia might have. Ju- Just what you're looking for and a great opportunity for a very rewarding career and a path towards that career that can be actually achieved a lot quicker than you maybe think that it could. So check out tcsg.edu slash specialservices.com for a lot more on this. That's tcsg.edu slash specialservices for a lot more on uh, that. The Technical College System of Georgia has so many different provisions for so many different kinds of career fields, and you should be aware of everything that's available for you so tcsg.edu slash special services for a lot more on that all right so uh golden shoe here as we get ready to wrap up earlier we showed you will muschamp having some fun with the georgia defensive backs at his house and gave a shout out to cornerbacks coach fran brown who was apparently not able to be there for that celebration there that day and later in that same sort of twitter thread brown kind of let it be known why he wasn't there and we'll give him a golden shoe today for that reason responding to will muschamp saying i'll catch y'all next time I had to fly up top and hang with my princess i guess this means and by the way what a beautiful uh, photo that is there of a uh, beautiful daughter for coach brown but i guess uh coach brown's family must still be living up in new jersey uh with him down here now in the state of georgia so certainly you've got to think about him trying to do double duty as a as a dad but also a coach there uga has obviously been killing on the recruiting trail as of late but his most important job is taking care of that family and good to see him enjoying that so we'll give him a golden shoe uh for his reason for not being with coach muschamp the defensive backs the other day we'll also say lousy stinking gators they'll meet fran brown for the first time this fall and uh, it's been a long time since they've had a championship to celebrate, about 4,921 days. That's bad news for Florida, and as we said. New crop of coaches, new crop of players heading into Jacksonville 121 days from right now, coming back with the same kind of big win. That is our Gator Hater Countdown 121 days from right now. Dogs beating up on the lousy, stinking Gators. This is Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, and we will see you back here again tomorrow. And on the podcast, this is normally where we do our Dog Nation Daily podcast cooldown presented by our friends at R.S. Andrews. As we head towards the holiday weekend, the cooldown gonna go on a little bit of a hiatus for today and then on Friday and for a show that we're gonna do on Monday there as well. And it could be confusing. The Monday podcast will probably show up in your feed maybe before the Friday show does, because we're gonna record the Friday show live and we're gonna pre-record the fourth of july show here today on this thursday so that might be slightly confusing apologize if it is i'll try to make a a clear designation about that at the beginning of the broadcast or something uh but nonetheless we enjoy the uh, podcast cool down here each and every day and we'll look forward to returning back to this on the other side of the fourth of july holiday coming up on tuesday but we will have shows over the course of the next couple of days friday and then monday so thanks for being a part of this and a big thanks to our friends at rs andrews for making it all possible The one you turn to for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised for the price that's promised. You can check out R.S. Andrews today, and we'll check you out back here again tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp.